I am David Bang, and this is Wonder of Logistics. This podcast is of my own opinions. There's no association with any organization that I am part of. Today is a special episode on COVID-19's impact on global logistics. I had a privilege of being invited by Jim Fries, CEO at RX360, a nonprofit international consortium of um, multiple pharmaceutical and medical companies and um, in relations to the public health concerns and patient safety. Um, so I got invited to their weekly COVID-19 town earlier this week as a guest speaker to share the current status on global logistics situations as of early April 2020 in air, road, uh, sea freight, and customs. So what you're about to hear is mostly what I share at that town hall, which was conducted on April 8th in 2020. You can even go to their website, rx-360.org, and click under resources, and you'll be able to find the webinar and uh, be able to download the PowerPoint deck and also listen and uh, view the video as well. So before we begin, I'd like to thank healthcare heroes, doctors, nurses, administrators, and uh, janitorial crews uh, who are just making sure those uh, facilities and, and clinics and hospitals are running properly. And also I'd like to thank supply chain and logistics heroes uh, at warehouses, ports, airports, air, sea, freight, road freight, rail, customs and postal workers and delivery personnel and many more. And of course, the first responder heroes, we thank you so much. What you're about to hear is made available for informational purpose only, and it should not be relied upon any legal, business, or financial decisions. So let's dive it into the COVID-19 impact on the logistics global scheme, and starting with an air freight, and this is as of April 8th, 2020. So from a macro perspective, the global capacity is now about 30% lower than the last year, um, mainly because of the transatlantic capacity decreased by nearly 50%. It was even worse a few weeks ago uh, due to its higher dependence on the passenger flights for cargo. And of course, it's happening everywhere. Um, all the uh, passengers' flights are being canceled. And uh, some trade lanes lost even more than 60%. And uh, some passenger flights are being converted as a freighters. And some of you have seen that uh, picture. Uh, the, the passenger seats are uh, now holding all these boxes in the airplane. Uh, or the charter flights or freighter flights are being deployed to ease the capacity situations. Like I said, just about two, three weeks ago, it was so crazy. And now it's getting a little bit uh, better because of those freighters and charter solutions are being deployed. However, the rates are, will continue to be much higher than the usual times. I mean, right now we're looking at about three to five times than the usual time, or in some cases, seven or eight times. Medical and healthcare commodities take priorities to be uplifted in most cases. So when it comes to essential commodity or essential products, 
uh, those get the priorities to be uplifted in the, in in majority cases at the airports. So from a micro perspective, um, we're starting to see some uh, serious handling issues at JFK Airport, and uh, uh, New York is is the epic center of the uh, COVID-19 fight. Uh, within the United States, um, as of now, looking at about 150,000 infected uh, people out of uh, nearly 400,000 in the entire United States. So it's a significant amount. Um, and um, so it, it has been significantly impacted by COVID-19. And it, it's currently one of the worst hit regions. So therefore, the warehouses in the area are having an extremely difficult time in staffing their facilities and um, and, and even uh, uh, this this morning they were receiving reports that it may take as many as 10 days to recover freight or recover cargo after arrival. Now we hope that it will get better and again the situations is very fluid but uh, uh, that's a bit of a micro micro situations. Um, container or similar type of uh, cool container repositioning surcharges are now starting to be deployed. Now, um, kudos to EnviroTainer or any other cool container manufacturer. So far, I haven't heard any major service interruptions uh, at this moment. So uh, the kudos to them and then they're doing their best job and in a contingency, making sure uh, those critical pharmaceutical healthcare products are flowing and protected uh, using their containers. Uh, longer transit times and unqualified routings are expected because again, that you are uh, uh, rerouting uh, and touching on a different type of an airports that you never done before for those temperature control uh, products and temperature control uh, transportations. So now you need to think about the uh, the protections and product integrity with the longer transit time and unqualified routings. So that's a bit of an air freight uh, perspective and globally. Let's move on to the sea freight. Um, the relatively speaking, sea freight is less impacted. I mean, it got impacted, but it's less impacted or less dramatic uh, than the air freight as of now. Uh, total container volumes handled at Chinese coastal ports dropped by about 10% in the first two months of the year. Uh, compared to the same period in 2019, mostly because of the uh, uh, the Chinese New Year, and then um, with the uh, with the uh, COVID-19 hit in the regions uh, that dipped into 15.8 percent decline in the in the total container uh, throughput. Um, again, due to the uh, extended holidays as well as the COVID-19. Now. As of now, apart from the ports in Hubei, all other Chinese ports have resumed normal operations since the end of February, uh, but the volumes have not fully recovered to their pre-holiday levels. So um, what does that mean for USA, for example? The US port congestions is expected. The risk in the coming week is that the more U.S. retailers and manufacturers, they they fail to pick up those containers because again, warehouses are not full, uh, are full, or closed uh, 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 due to the uh, not being the deemed as essential service provider in, in many cases. So it is a remain closed and it remained not being able to pick up those containers, and then that will uh, clogged up the ports and and uh, causing. 
uh, the port congestion. So something that uh, we need to watch very carefully. Now, from a micro perspective, the reefer container shortages continue, especially out of Europe. Uh, that's due to the not, not enough of containers coming back out of China. Chassis shortages also, again, uh, uh, because of the similar situations and demerges and deten- detentions. Again, uh, the containers not being picked up <clears throat> because of the uh, all the retailers and manufacturers are closed. So now moving on to the uh, rope freight, and, and uh, I'm going to talk first about the USA portion of it, and then the uh, followed by the uh, European portion of it. So for the USA, from a macro point of view. Uh, last week, the rates uh, starting to fall a little bit uh, for van or flatbed or refer. Um, that was a decline, and and that is because the consumers stayed home and making it less urgent uh, to restock the grocery stores shelves. So at the same time, the business deemed non-essential slowed and and, and stopped the freight shipments. So, so therefore, reducing the demand. And also the driver shortages uh, will continue to be an issue. Now, it was an issue even before COVID-19, um, but it, it is expected to get even worse as, as some may not want to take the risk anymore uh, or uncertain adverse situations such as rest stops not being available, the food access is very difficult, and so therefore uh, many drivers are concerned. And, and, the, um, and also the 80% of these trucking companies are regarded as a small businesses, meaning that they have less than six trucks uh, in their fleet. Uh, so they're uh, financially volatile, although the CARES Act will relieve uh, some some of them for the time being, um, but they're uh, very much volatile when it comes to financial situations. So micro view of the, uh, the road freight situation in the USA, in some states, Truck drivers are being denied basic necessity, restrooms and food and etc. Now it's getting better. Uh, on April 1st, only a few days ago, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration issued a statement on state and local the shelter-in-place restrictions to identify truck drivers and those working in related to the transportation functions as essential workers. And then also on April 3rd uh, this, uh, this month, the Federal Highway Administration issued uh, lifted federal restrictions on food trucks operating at uh, highways uh, rest area for truck drivers to have access to food service even during the shelter-in-place restrictions. Now going on to the um, European continent for the road freight situations, uh, slightly different than USA. Um, the due to the border sanitation checks uh, conducted in many European uh, countries like Poland and Hungary, uh, etc. Um, especially a couple weeks ago, there have been a significant delays and congestions. Uh, in some cases, the trucks are lined up for five kilometers and, and waiting for hours and hours, even at days. Um, that is no longer there. Um, uh, fortunately, the currently the uh, there's a they are free of a major slowdowns. Um, there's some significant decrease in trucking capacity in Europe <clears throat> uh, between the mid March until the end of March. But uh, what I just heard uh, this week uh, is that because of the output is continued de- declining, so in other words, demand is declining. In, 
I think the that the capacity situation is a slightly better um, in, in, in that case. But again, um, you know, you need to understand that those uh, trucking uh, between the border, like, for example, from Germany to France, often those trucks will pick up one commodity from Germany to France and then and coming back with another commodity and uh, and so that they can optimize their truck uh, truck capacity that's no longer uh, uh, fluid and no longer possible in some cases because uh, a certain manufacturers or certain consignees and shippers uh, close their shops so it is a very difficult situations once again from a macro point of view uh, the delays at the borders are are not there anymore Uh, and yet the the output uh, the the demand is continuously declining in some some major countries like Italy and France and Spain and Benelux uh, so therefore uh, the when it comes to capacity uh, that whole capacity decreasing is not so much of an issue uh, but the rates are uh, slightly higher at this moment and uh, when it comes to micro some inner road transports uh, remained stable like germany uh, some decline in domestic transports like in france and italy and spain uh, slight decrease in austria and romania and and then the mainly affected for cross-border uh, moves are germany italy france spain benelux while slightly affected are between germany and poland and germany and austria austria so a little bit about the customs and other government agencies generally speaking there is no major uh, bottleneck when it comes to customs process a couple weeks ago at the uh, uh, rx360 town hall uh, anthony uh, ords assistant director of us cbp for pharmaceutical cee uh, he came on and uh, he said that there's no uh, disruptions in FDA clearances and cargo goes, especially those healthcare medical cargos uh, are, are flowing. And uh, however, there's a little bit of country by country, either export regulations or import regulations that uh, you need to pay attention. For example, the China, they're trying to protect uh, some of the critical medical supply. Uh, so you need to have a, a certain certificate uh, to, to be able to uh, export the medical supply into Europe or into United States. And also for USA perspective, FDA they're easing uh, those uh, uh, the, uh, the the mask, especially the N95, uh, the import for the purposes of the healthcare. Uh, if it is for personal reasons or consumable, uh, there, there's no restrictions. But if it is for healthcare, uh, you used to have a special permit required, but that's no longer the case. So they're easing uh, the regulations to to make sure that uh, those emergency uh, PPEs are flowing uh, smoothly. So what do we need to consider uh, now, near term, and then the midterm? Um, So make sure you discuss your business continuity plan with your core logistics providers constantly. And and then you share your logistics uh, forecast data more frequently than usual. Uh, Don't wait for the last minute anymore. Uh, Give them the data and it's constantly changing. So uh, share your data more frequently than usual and explore and be open-minded to the alternative uh, solutions, either temporary storages or alternative transportations such as sea plus air, uh, rail, uh, less than container load, and et cetera, et cetera. 
uh, address the newly in- emerging risk such as theft, uh, even cold chain risk. Uh, for example, then maybe now you need to uh, route your uh, cold chain product through different airport that you have not done and an, an proper risk assessment in the past, or maybe uh, you're you're shipping your uh, valuable product through uh, certain ports and airport that. Uh, um, that traditionally, from a from a theft and uh, uh, that perspective, security perspective, it is a highly uh, um, highly risky area. So you need to do your due diligence if if the uh, rerouting causing the new ports and new uh, handling locations that you're not so familiar with. Now, when it comes to near term, uh, what to consider? So the prepare for the potential ripple effects. So in other words, uh, put put out some scenarios. So the bankruptcies, uh, even congestions, as I mentioned earlier, when it comes to sea freight, in the next uh, coming weeks, uh, we will see the the U.S. ports being congested because if this situation continue, uh, then the, the those containers cannot come out and uh, not being picked up. Uh, so you need you need to prepare for that, and there are ways to do so. Uh, working with your logistics providers, uh, some will offer temporary storages. They can bring out those containers and being able to store temporarily, and then being able to transload uh, so that uh, you know those empty containers go back and and, and reducing the demerge uh, charges for your ocean containers so there are a variety of different ways to do it but you need to prepare for that uh, worst case scenario the congestions as well as uh, some uh, truckers or some companies might go bankrupt even if there's a CARES Act uh, help to build a scenario for ramp up uh, for recovery you know what is that going to look like what does that really mean uh, you might need a little more people to to process so there is there has to be some flexibility uh, when it comes to uh, uh, the ramp up page and, and, and the recovery uh, scenario. And then now the midterms, um, um, the lessons learned need to be applied to your new supply chain design, uh, your reliance on API, generic drugs, uh, your inventory levels, your inventory reserves need to be reviewed based on this scenario and <clears throat> some of the lessons learned and diversify your uh, modes of the transportations, um, improve planning um, and even consider multi multi manufacturers collaborations. In other words, maybe in in a normal time, uh, you and a multiple manufacturers are uh, in a competitive situations. Uh, but you know, in this uh, type of a scenario, uh, can you guys work together to 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 collaborate on uh, certain solutions out of India or out of China? And so, multi manufacturers collaboration is something that that you need to think about. And then visibility and digitalizations real-time are no longer optional. So that's pretty much it. Um, that's what's happening as of now on the air and sea and uh, uh, road and a little bit of on the custom side. Once again, um, there, there are millions of people in this logistics and supply chain uh, area, making sure those uh, essential products are still flowing from within the domestic uh, uh, regions or internationally. So I'd like to thank all the all those logistics heroes and supply chain heroes.
Thanks for listening to Wonder of Logistics. Make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast, such as Apple, Google, Spotify, and many more apps. The next episode will be about 5G and the logistics. So what does this ultra-speed mobile technology mean to logistics? What's available now? What will come in the near future? And many more to chat about. Until then, a ponder on the wonder of logistics.